For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Hello world! Welcome into Money Live! Yeah, we're back! It's your boy Jerry Bowe at Jerry Bowe Sports. It's not to my right, but if from a far distance, the statistician, my partner in crime at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? It's football season, man. We're going to have some real stuff to watch here in a couple weeks, but we still got fantasy drafts. We're going to cover all that and then some today, my man. All that and then some. And it starts with you, the Moneyliner, sitting at home right now wondering what the hell is going on? What is going on on the Twitch? Jerry, are you kidnapped? No, I'm okay. I'm in a safe place. We're trying out different things. We're trying to work out the kinks with, so we don't have no mishaps once the season starts. That's what we're trying to do right now. We're probably going to be remote, uh, both of us remotely uh, doing the show from here on out. So today, Josh said, you know what, I'm going to be... I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to go in there in case things don't go as planned because, you know, it's never easy. I know our new producer sitting back behind the glass like, man, can I just catch a break? This is never easy. I know, my man, I used to sit behind that glass and wonder, too. But what's going on? Introduce yourself to the Moneyliners. What's happening? How's it going, everybody? Uh, the name is Brian. How's it going? You are a big football fan. I had to, you know, I had to give him the three things. Do you, do you watch football? Yeah. Then he just answered right off the top. I'm a big fantasy guy. I said, man. I got to invite him over for Christmas. I got to have this guy on this show. And here we are. So welcome to the show, man. Hopefully you enjoy it because the Moneyliners, they're riding themselves. And Josh, he'll just start throwing stats and I'll just start sounding ridiculous. So sometimes you just got to keep us in check because it's Sunday. Football is near. And Josh is here. And Josh, the Texans. What do you got to say about him? Let's jump right in. The Texans gave us a little bit to watch. A, a blowout, some would say. A, a defeat that none will ever forget because now the Texans went undefeated in the preseason. Dang it. <laughs> you know, the last time they went undefeated in the preseason, uh, Brock Osweiler was the quarterback. So, <laughs> you know, Jerry, I'm a, <laughs> forgive me if I'm not super excited about that. <laughs> That's why I said dang it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not the best thing in the world. I will say this. You know, at least we did see some positive things. But, man, Davis Mills is scaring me a little bit, man. Are, are you seeing a little bit of that too? Yeah. It, I guess once you get your hopes set up, high, or, or you at least have hopes. Last year, I, didn't, I don't even know if we had the, the word hope within reach. But now it's like, okay, we have a little something. Let's see it. Let, let's see progression. And I don't know if 
having Lovey Smith was exactly the thing that we needed for him to progress. We're going to go ahead and see what happens throughout this season. But I'm uh, I'm excited just from overall standpoint because the Texans got a running back. Yeah. I took him in my draft yesterday, Jerry. How far did you have to reach for him? I think I got him in like the seventh, something like that, uh, 10-team league. And uh, I ended up with Brandon Cook. So is that good, Jerry? I ended up with two Texans on my roster. But <laughs> not, no, it's not. No, but if you're going to get two Texans, those are the guys to get. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, and Cooks has been criminally undervalued for the last several years. I mean, all he does is put up 1,000 yards and seven or eight touchdowns pretty much every year. So he's a guy that I had targeted in the middle rounds that he just keeps slipping and uh, so I, I snatched him up. I I'm really feel good about my draft. We'll get to that in a later segment, Jerry. I'll kind of run down like who I got, where I got him, and if I, if I like it. But sticking with the Texans, Damian Pierce did look good, man. I agree with you. That's why I drafted him. Yeah, he's looked good the whole time. My only worry is, you know, how much passing down work is he going to get? Is that probably going to be Rex Burkhead? It, it probably will be at least to start the season. We haven't seen any Brandon Cooks in the preseason, which is probably the right move, right? They, they know what they have with him. And he's, uh, you know how, Jerry, we've talked about on the show, Devontae Adams was just, you know, the, the target monster with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, just an absurd amount of targets. Well, you know, Brandon Cooks is going to be that guy for the Texans, man. I mean, that's where they look when they need to throw the football. When, when do we get to a point to where we say this is not so much a sleeper or – when has everyone okay let me ask you in this form the draft that you did was those was uh was that a, amongst fellow houstonians or is that for your friends that are spread out nationwide uh yeah i mean they're spread out now but they're all originally from houston okay so is the hype real outside of houston for pierce and other quests has the hype got too real to where now he's not even going to be a value because people say in a houston draft houston guy is going to go up there and say man i'm going to take him now that's the concern right i think Anything, I think the sixth round is still maybe a little early for him, you know, because, you know, you can get guys like CEH in the seventh round, uh, you know, so the, there's other guys you can look at, but I think if you get him in the sixth or seventh round, you should be good. It's it's one of those deals where look who his competition is, you know, as long as he's healthy, they're going to be running Pierce out there, man. Marlon Mack, I mean, he hadn't done really anything in two years, and Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead. So how do we look at this from a can he be a bell cow guy? Because it's simple for us, right, to say, well, yeah, let's just let's put him in there. Let's how many carries in his collegiate career? He only had nine games with ten or more carries in the, the, the entire collegiate career. Is that some would say, you know, optimistic optimistic guy is going to say, well, then he's got a lot of tread left on the tires. We've seen what we needed to see. Now we can run him out. Or some might look on the other side and say, well, he doesn't have much experience. What do you think? Can he be the bell cop? What What's a realistic floor on touches? And that means catching the ball, if any, on the catching side, because we don't know what that's going to be at all. How many carries do you think is is, is realistic? Oh, man, I don't know exactly how many carries. Per I game, say. per game. Oh, per game? Oh, man, I think... 14 or 15, I think, yeah. is, is, is a fair amount. And I, I think he's going to catch the ball more than you think. Um, you know, he caught the ball you know, a fair amount at Florida. But to your point, he just didn't, he didn't get a ton of, of work. So the question is, is there a reason he didn't get that much work? Or is he just no tread off the tires? The comparison I would make, look at Josh Jacobs. We had this conversation about him, right, coming out of Alabama, that he didn't get a ton of work. But when he went to the Raiders, man, they used that guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, bro. Uh, I just... To me, man, I just, I hate that, you 
Okay, how about we, we uh, get down on people that draft too early? The guy that drafted too early this year and got on the Pierce movement, he got him damn near for free probably. Now when you go to draft, say a week before the Pierce hype, I'm going to say it is real. He, 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 some were even saying he reminds you of one Harry and Foster, the yeah. way he, 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 right? It just, he seems like he knows where he's going. And now all of a sudden you got all these national guys trying to take credit. Like, yeah, I knew it. The only guy I know is in-house Lance Erline. Lance Erline, I look back and he even, I know he, he had to break out the tuck say, yeah, you see me. He posted it like, yeah. I do remember he was one of the only ones because I went and read right when the Texans drafted him. I'm like, man, I don't know. Too. Let me go look. Let me see what LZ got to say. LZ was on him. I'm like, well, okay. And then all of a sudden this happens. Now every guy in the world knew. Now, hand of, hey, round of applause for LZ because he was on top of this one. Oh, man. Yeah. LZ studies these guys. He, he knows who the, you know, that's, you know, buyer beware or. You know, if you're going to be paying up dues in a fantasy league with a guy that scouts players professionally for a living, uh, you know, you got to know what you're getting into against Lance. But, yeah, he knows all these guys. You know, he knows the good values. And, you know, I think he's big on Michael Pittman this year. So am I. That's a guy that I, I landed in my draft yesterday. I think the thing with the Texans is, is there, I think there's going to be a lot of rushing touchdowns. And I, I think Damian Pierce is going to be the guy to get those. You know, you mentioned Arian Foster. You know, I'm not going to that level yet, but he feels like the most talented back they've had since Arian Foster. They did what I wanted him to do. I'm like, just draft a rookie. It doesn't have to be in the second or third round, but just somewhere in there, get some young, somebody with some juice in here. And they did that. So far, so good, man. I I have some good, and the, you know, the offensive line looked pretty good. They were opening some holes. I know that was against the Niners backup, so, you know, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. But they were opening holes when you got Titus Howard and, and now Kenyon Green looks good. That left side of the offensive line, they should be able to you know, create some holes for him. In other words, they're not as bad as they're predicted to be, let's say. They, the win total is pretty much the same as last year whenever I was telling you to sell a kidney. Yeah. Sell a kidney and put it on there. Now you're asking me, are you going to bet another kidney? And I'm telling you, I'm not even going to bet against them as far as the season total because – it was a sweat last year, and I believe that this team should be better from every aspect, even if it's obviously a coaching upgrade, even if I'm not a lovey guy. It's a coaching upgrade every way I want to look at it. Another year for Mills, a running back, Cooks. What I was going to say, what's the worst that could happen? But when you look at, we talked about last week, the odds of the team with the, with the least wins. The Texans are right there at the forefront, and I don't believe they should be. I believe they should be maybe like the third or fourth to last team as far as team wins. So we're going to find value on that. You know, we're going to get into some of my bookie odds because it is football season. We're going to get into everything from a fantasy standpoint. Wait till I get my money right. That's the theme for today. It's a Sunday. It's a money line Sunday. It's Jerry Moe. It's Josh Jordan. We'll be right back. ESPN 97.5. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. To whom much is given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when the whistle goes. Sports. ESPN 97.5. I ain't no joke. I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm gonna make sure it's broke. When I'm let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in the crowd. A lot of people like the very text can you about a Here's Jerry Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. Part two. Josh Gordon. It's Jerry Moe. 
every show you see me in deep concentration Cause I know comedian, chuckles are wild, if you want to tame If you haven't already drafted, it's gotta be very close to that day Our very own producer here says that he's got a draft today And he's wondering about the Damien, or yeah, the Damien Pierce question Where does he take him? Not if he's gonna take him, he said, where am I gonna take him? And that's why I asked Josh, do those people that were in that draft, are those Houstonians, did they pick up on, on the smoke that's been put out? Yeah, that's I part of what I'm worried about is I'm in a draft with a bunch of people from here that are Texans fans. And I, I don't mind taking them like sixth, seventh round. But if he gets pulled up into like the fourth round, I'm completely out. So it's just like I don't know how far he's going to get pulled up. You're right. Now, he's moved up just, just from the preseason hype. He moved up an entire round. Josh said he took him in the seventh. Now, some people are even saying maybe six. Josh says that's where he's drawing the line. Maybe around that six. But around that six, would you rather have, a let's say, a, the, the uh, running back three to four tier, uh, the Robinsons, the James Cooks of the world? I'd rather, like you said earlier, CH, would you rather have him over Pierce? I don't know. Uh, Josh, how do you feel about it? I mean, CH just worries me because – He's had so much time to do it, and he hasn't. But I love the workload. Don't get me wrong. But they they throw the ball a lot in Kansas City, you know. But you have to worry about with the Texans. The offense just may not be very good. So you know that's something you gotta you gotta account for too. But what's cool about for me is Damian Pierce is a backup on my team, and we have two flexes in our league, and he's still as of right now he's a backup. So for me, he's just really good depth. I don't have to count on him from the beginning of the season. I can just kind of wait, see how he does. I, I took Najee Harris in the first round, so I'll be starting him every week. And then I got Brees Hall, who I think fell all the way to the fifth or the sixth. Um, Goodness. Yeah, that really surprised me. And uh, so I pounced all over him. I, I see a buying opportunity with Brees Hall. I think we'll be sitting here next year, and he's going to be going in, you know, like the second, third round, yeah, maybe, was maybe a, even higher. I think there was a report that came out that said Michael Carter was working with the ones that people were worried about. It. But remember what happened with Jonathan Taylor's rookie year. Everyone was worried about Marlon Mack, who yep. obviously eventually tore his uh, Achilles. But even Naeem Hines was getting a lot of work early. But by the time you got to week 10, week 11, especially when you got to the fantasy playoffs, Jonathan Taylor was ripping off. 150 yards a game. And I think we could see something similar with Javante Williams this year with the Broncos where everybody's worried about Melvin Gordon and we might see the same kind of thing unfold. Javante fell to the third round, Jerry. I was trying to get him, but I was picking eighth in this draft. So it just what I would have had to take in Javante in the second round if I was going to take him. And Devontae, we've been high on him. We have, but Devontae Adams was sitting right there and I'd already taken a running back with my first pick. So what slot did you pick out of? I was picking eighth out of ten, which is actually a pretty nice spot. I, I was really happy. So I was really trying to decide between taking Jamar Chase or taking Najee Harris right there. And just based on how I was seeing the board fall, I saw that Devontae was probably going to make it back to me. And I feel like we're really devaluing Devontae Adams this year just purely based on him going to another team. There's not a lot of guys that aren't much older that have had many great fantasy seasons. You know, like Najee Harris, the guy that's had one. Jamar Chase, a guy that's had one. These guys are all going in the first round. But Devontae Adams, who's, you know, been a killer for, for several years, he's fallen to the second round. So I saw a buying opportunity there. Now, I'm glad you brought that up with some, some guys that I know you're real cautious about. One guy breaks out one season. You want to see it usually happen again. Are there anybody that you're – got maybe optimism because I'm seeing the name Travis Etienne pop up on a lot of boards. I'm seeing Elijah Moore 
run up there. What do you think about guys like this, or is this guys that you just you don't have circled on your on your draft board per se? ETN's one of those guys in that same area around the sixth round with Damian Pierce and CEH a little later. You know, he's a guy I'm very interested in. Uh, I almost had him. He didn't quite fall to me. I had a lot of guys sniped, just, you know, one pick in front of me. Um, so, you know, that happens sometimes. Like, Debo Samuel almost fell to me in the third round. I mean, it was like one pick away from that. So I was like, wow. But uh, I like ETN. But, you know, he's one of those guys where, you know, James Robinson's still there. He was hurt all last year. The Jags might stink again on offense. So, you know, but the talent's there. He's an explosive, talented guy. But there is some risk. More notes around the league, and the guy that's going around that same area, one Daryl Henderson. What do you make out of the Rams' backfield right now with Cam Akers, which has been pretty much a top 40 pick pre-draft right now, or pre-preseason, let's say, but he's slowly kind of taking a step back because we don't know where we're going to get a Cam Akers. You, if you get what you saw, that little lightning in a bottle, but then when you saw him come back, you, it was a little bit more precautious, a, a terrible injury. What do you think you get out of Cam Akers, or is it a Daryl Henderson and just – or nothing out of that backfield type of a situation. You know, I'd probably be more inclined to take Henderson because he's just falling. Like, he's almost free. People are just not interested in him. You can get him at the very, very end of your draft. I couldn't believe how far he fell. You know, Cam Akers, it's, he's coming off a nasty injury. Those Achilles injuries, man, guys usually don't do that well coming back. And every time they've talked to Sean McVay about the running back position, he's mentioned both of them. Every single time they ask about Cam, he mentions Henderson, too. So you're going to have to deal with some possible injuries. There's going to be a workload share. You know, their left tackle is no longer there anymore. He retired. So, you know, I will say this. I took Stafford with one of my very last picks. Like, I got him in the hundreds. I just kept waiting on quarterback forever and forever and forever, and he was there for me. I mean, it was probably the 11th, 12th round or something like that. Wow. I, I finally took my quarterback at Stafford. I just I had my mind made That's up before value. the draft. Yeah, I was just like, why? You know, eventually. I, th- I think it's main fatigue. With a guy like Stafford, he's been around for so long. Yeah, and he, he doesn't run. It's a four-point per touchdown fa- fantasy league. But he finished fifth amongst all quarterbacks last year in this same league. Right, so, right. you know, if he's even in that ballpark. Yeah, I'm sure Brady was near the top in that league, too, he, who doesn't was, run. Right, and he doesn't run either. So I was hoping to maybe get Trey Lance. He's one of those guys that got picked right before me. Um, but if I would have taken Trey Lance, it's only a 10-team league. So I'm a guy that I'm, I'm not going to roster two quarterbacks in a 10-team league. You know, it's like if, if something happens, then I'll just go grab somebody off the waiver wire. So I felt good about Stafford, man. I. You know, the only thing you worry about, we've seen that the elbow injury that they've been resting him throughout camp. So you, you just have to hope that he's okay with that elbow. Another guy coming back from an, an ACL surgery, one that's looking to get more targets. Again, we're going around the league, 713-780-3776. If anything you saw this weekend, any any questions gambling-wise, you know what it is. It's a Sunday. It's a money line Sunday. Throw it out there for 713-780-3776. Robert Woods or the entire Titans offensive situation. What do you uh, what do you think of it um, from an overall perspective? Is it a, an avoid type situation? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to be too excited about what's going on there with their passing game and and how long Tannehill's you know going to be the guy. I mean, I'm sure he will be for this season unless there's an injury, but. I'm a little worried about the Titans in general. I think they're going to take a step back. I was surprised that Derrick Henry, I think he went like top five in my draft. 
I know he's been a monster, but you know, I just went and you know did a little research. I mean, he's twenty twenty eight years old. We started to see the breakdown happen last year, so I'm a little worried that. And it's his foot. You worry about big yeah, guys with their feet. Yeah, it, it's the foot, and I'm just you know Tannehill doesn't get me super excited about pass catchers. He lost no. AJ Brown. Even at Julio's his best, gone. he was under four thousand yards a season. Right. So I just I don't feel super excited. You know, and, and Traylon Burks has been. Up until, I know he scored a touchdown this weekend, but up until then, he's been playing in, like, the fourth quarter. Right. You know, he's not a guy that you think, like, oh, he's going to be their starter by the way they're using him right now. So I think there's some, some real concern, Jerry, about the Titans. And I think I think both of us are on this, right, that we like the Colts to win this division? Colts to win the division? Colts with Super Bowl tickets, even though I'm not saying they're going to win it? I, got, I know there's a lot of equity with a 25-1 to ticket once it gets to that playoff run, especially – if they can, what if, let's just say, what if, with that strength of schedule that the Colts have, what if they get a bye week? Then all of a sudden you only have to fade a one less round and you have, you're sitting there. Let's say, let's just make an even number for the ordinary man. Say it's a $100 bet and it's now $2,500 for the Colts to win the Super Bowl. I'm not telling you that the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that come playoff time that the odds are going to be a lot shorter than 25 to 1. So then what happens now? You have $2,500 or $2,500 ticket in your pocket. You only spent 100 So at this point, you can either make the move of, well, they should be favored if they got the bye week in the first week home. If that's the case, then you say, all right, do I gamble a little bit here? And if they just win this one next round, then I can go ahead and bet on all the other teams a certain amount and lock up a win. You can do that with the Colts. And before we get out of here, I'm going to give you another team that I think that you can do that with. And both of these teams will have high equity, I think. I know. Put it that way. Unless there's an injury, there's no way that the Colts aren't going to be 25-1 to 1 or shorter when it comes to playoffs. There's just no way in that division. We broke it down, Josh. Game by game, team by team, we broke down this division. We've talked about it on multiple occasions. Do you still feel that same way? Do I do, do I need to hit it now or do I make another Tampa Bay mistake? <laughs> Tampa's starting to worry me, man, with that offensive line. Uh, that yeah, I I know what you mean though. You, you didn't fire on that Tampa Bay bet last year, yeah. and, you, and you wish you had. I, I think there's a lot to like with the Colts, man. I, I really do. That offensive line. I think Matt Ryan. I, I think Michael Pittman's going to be really good. He's going to be a poor man's Julio in his prime for Matt Ryan, and and of course you got arguably the best running back in the game. So and, and it's a crummy division. You, you got to think the Colts are going to cruise to the playoffs. And if we were going to bet this, Jerry, you know where I'm going to bet it, right? Only one place. It's going to be at my bookie, guys. It's going to be at mybookie.ag. Guys, football is back. Live betting is back. We got the preseason. We got college football. It's all here. Now's the time to make some money with my bookie. Whether you're a first timer, my bookie, or your seasoned vet, my bookie gives you more money. You get to double your deposit. You get to double your bonus up to a thousand bucks. So you drop two hundred bucks in there, boom, you got four hundred dollars to gamble with. All you need to do, uh, all you need to do, excuse me, is use bet nine seven five. That's your promo code right there. So you go to mybookie.ag. You set up your account, you put in promo code BET975, you drop in your deposit, and then automatically you have twice the money to gamble with. Guys, it doesn't matter if you're new to the to the site, if, if you've been here before. This is the time of year. Football season's about to start. Go ahead and get in there. Get that bonus. Get that bankroll up. 
and get betting. Bet on team win totals. Predict the Super Bowl winner. Bet on the Colts like Jerry just gave you. You can use their MyBookie prop builder to secure that bag. They have all kinds of awesome contests. The Super Contest, you select five games against the spread every week. Price pool's three hundred and fifty grand, all for a $20 entry, guys. So I'm telling you, let's go. Football is back. Bet on anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Step into This is Money Live on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Big ups to the Money Liners! Who am I over here passing you up, not giving the Sunday shout-out? You know, it starts with my man Chuck, first one in the house, Titan Hugo. Day one, Donna, what's up, love? Eva Hojo, good morning to you. Scoop House says, what's going on? Let's get it. Then says, what's, where, Jerry, where you at? This is, just so you guys know, going forward, we were trying to test this, making sure that uh, we can hold signal. Going forward, this probably is going to be the way it's going to be, except for Josh is going to be at home as well. Josh needs to be at home digesting the Texans right when they kick off. I need to be giving these live bets to you, and we're going to need to keep delivering the same content that we always have on Moneyline, and that's what we're going to do. So we needed to test it first. So far, so good from this end. I believe it sounds good on that end. So it's a party. It's a it's a maybe crack a beer at 11.30 during football party. Maybe we can get a beer sponsor, Josh. I don't know. This opens up all types of doors. And the door starts with you, the Moneyliners. What's happening, Josh? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm pulling up some ADP here. I also wanted to uh, hit on quickly, since we did a little fantasy last segment, maybe we could finish off Texans a little bit here, just from what we saw, what our expectations are. Cody wrote some some observations for Sports Map. Cody Stutes, the host of the afternoon show, The Wheelhouse. Just a, a few of them I want to bounce off you here, Jerry. Just some of the highlights here. Um, you know, his first one, Davis Mills played better than last week. I think that's true. You know, he played better in this game than he did the previous week. I don't know if, if that's something we be, should be super excited about, like he was that great. But he did have a really nice uh, touchdown pass over the middle there to Moore. So I, I think you'd agree with that one, right, Jerry? He played a little bit better, but we still need to see more. We still need to see more. And I'm just super optimistic, man. I'm just also just super non-extremely uh, shallow when it comes to the preseason uh, unless it's someone like Pierce or someone like that with Mills yeah we would have liked to see some progression because he's for sure not established as as good good yet we think he can amount to something but right now we're hoping and that's the word that we didn't have last last offseason hope so now it's the hope that we hope that the right people are in charge now at least to where he can grow I, uh, on the opposite side of maybe what the Patriots have going with Mac. if you tell me right now who has more opportunity to grow? Yeah, Mac, Mac got Belichick over there, but I feel like Mills has have more of a free reign over here because it's a disaster over there. They're trying to fill shoes that they'll never fill. Over here, it's a it was a no-lose situation for Mills. Step up there. I guess we'll see what the kid got, and he over-exceeded expectations. Here we are. Now that's the key word. Now Texan fan has expectations, right? Big time. And, and to your point, yeah, at least Davis Mills has an actual offensive coordinator helping him and not, not, not a defensive coordinator calling plays like what Mac Jones is dealing with. 
this next observation I want to get to is probably, I think, the, the biggest one that I agree with off of uh, Cody's list here from this Texans-Rams preseason game. The offense will need to have good days on the ground. I mean, that is that is the key to me right here. They're going to have to be able to run the football. Davis Mills, his head literally almost fell off on the field the other night. I don't know if you saw that shot. It was a roughing the quarterback penalty. I mean, they drilled him right in the head. He, I think a Minahue on a different play also really kind of got to him after the play and roughed him up. Mills is not getting a lot of respect. And this, these are in preseason games that guys are teeing off and going helmet to helmet on him. So I think that's why I think Damian Pierce is such a good pick for this year because I think if they're going to have any success, it's going to have to go through him and through some play action to Brandon Cooks. He just can't be taking those type of shots, not especially in preseason. Like you said, where's the lack of respect? And I get it. I guess someone's trying to make a play and they look at Mills like, that's not Brady. I could go ahead and unload one, but that's just the the hits that we can't afford to take, not only from what well, he gets up, because last year we even heard opposing guys say, man, that's a tough kid. He got up right after that hit, and he threw a touchdown on us. I forget what game specifically the opponent said that in, but you said, okay, he's got some chops on him, but I don't want those kind of chops, because then you start hearing footsteps. You start hearing footsteps in the dark, like the song said, And but when you get back there, you get to that third foot, and you start looking around, just you just start, just let me make a first read. Let me not go through progressions. And I just don't want that to be the case. I wanted a clean slate. I want a, a decent coaching staff. Let's get, let's give the kid a chance. And this is the chance. Let's just keep him healthy. That's the last thing you want is an unhealthy quarterback missing four weeks at a time, two weeks here. That's the last thing we can afford. It is. And you remember too, we saw this with Deshaun Watson early in his career. Remember he took some kill shots. I mean, some of them were to the chest, some were to the head. Deshaun really kind of struggled with holding on to the ball too long and taking too many hits. So clearly, it's a young quarterback thing. He's going to learn better from that. One of the big things a lot of people debated about, Jerry, after this game was, you know, when they were ending the first half, they had all their timeouts, there was two minutes, and they needed about 70 yards to go get a score. And they call, they call three running plays to Rex Burkhead. You know, like you have a chance right there for Davis Mills to kind of work in a hurry-up situation, you know, see what he can do, get some experience, and they run the ball three times and punt. So, and they said after the game this was planned, that they didn't want to show too much in the preseason, but, man, I don't know. Davis Mills needs as many as these type of reps as he can get, in my opinion. Those are reps that you can't replicate no matter how hard you try to in practice. It's just not the same, those we need that. We need to see what can be done, what can be adjusted. Now, Alice Villanueva, shout out to my man over here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv backslash ESPN975. He says, who's the college quarterback the Texans should be watching? Titan Hugo quickly responds, no, they have Mills. So that's where I start my question. What? And that's why, to your point, we need to see what he has. And I know it's just preseason, but this season it needs to be – it can't be in question, like, man, can he be good? It needs to be a known, like, okay, this is what's known. But what would have to happen this season to where you would be comfortable or the Texans you think are comfortable not going out and drafting a quarterback? Are you? What has to happen? What's expectations? Man, I mean, they've he's got to show that, that he can run this offense and they can move the football, and, and he's got to stay healthy. You know, there's a lot he's got to show because – you know, it's going to be tempting to, you know, take Bryce Young or somebody like that um, or Stroud, you know, depending on what they like. But, you know, they want Mills to be the guy. 
because obviously he's a third round pick and he's cheap. So you can put a bunch of talent around him and that's a great way to build. But also you got to be real with yourself. And, and if he's not looking like the answer, you know, then you got to be ready to move on. The other problem is, dude, is he's mostly a pocket quarterback. That's not exactly the most sexy thing now in the NFL these days. You know, somebody that can't really move around or do a whole lot. So, you know, he's got to be exceptional as a pocket quarterback to, to really move this offense to the next level. Because he's not, you know, he can, he can roll out, do a little bit of that stuff. But he's not a guy that's going to take off and, you know, sprint and give you 30 yards when he gets into trouble. The question I also asked was because, okay, the two guys that you brought, brought up, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, to get those guys, in my opinion, a lot can, a lot can happen this year, but you would have to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, obviously, for Bryce Young. Who knows where Stroud goes? He's going to be up there. Now, what if the Texans, that's why I say expectations, what if they're like a mediocre, you know, six wins, so it's not enough to maybe get one of those guys? Is it worth a shot for you from another perspective, from a, from a front office saying, you know what, six wins is, we got a, a third round guy. What are we expecting? He showed things. Is that what you want it? Or do you fall, say, hey, either fall on your face or go out there and get his nine wins so we know what we have. So then we can get, if we fall on the face, then we can get a guy like this. Or do you rather take a chance next year on one of those mid-tier guys? You see what I'm saying? I do. I, I think Nick Casario set it up to where this will take care of itself. And by that, I mean, he didn't get anybody to be a decent backup quarterback. So if Davis Mills is terrible, as long as he's healthy, I think they're going to be rolling Davis Mills out there, losing games for you. And if he's good, then he shows you the improvement that you wanted to see. And you know you don't need to take a quarterback. The other thing, too, to keep in mind is they have two first-round picks. So if there is a quarterback that they really like, they may be able to use that extra first-round pick from the Browns to move up in the draft and get the guy they like. Then I think for something like that to happen, then Mills would not have to fall on his face, but really, I mean, it maybe hit that under. Maybe the Texans are under, maybe only win four games. Say something like that happens, then you can see the Texans saying, you know what, let's gather up these two picks and, and let's go all on out. I'm, I'm for that. But at the same time, I just, I'd hate it to be a middling thing where you're just kind of stuck being mediocre, where you're thinking, man, he has his moments. If he had more around him, per se, or or the team, yeah, from every aspect. He, what if what if he's losing games where where he puts up the Texans' offense puts up twenty four points, but they're giving up twenty seven or thirty? What? It's just a, a bad predicament to be in because you want it to either fall on either side. We need we want to know as fans what you have because to your point, you have assets and you have multiple first. When you have those assets, that's why they line them up like that, so they can make a big move if they need to, or they can stack up two good players. I like where we're at. I just don't want it to fall on either side to where, or in the middle of either side to where we just go into next season being like, man, I, I think he can be that guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you there. I, and it, there could be a lot of those games where they lose because of the defense, and I think they'll they'll be cool with that as long as – you know they're not cool with losing, but they'll be cool with Mills's development if they're seeing that that he's looking good. It's just the defense isn't quite there. And here's the other thing, man, Jerry. You and I both really like John Mechie. He's not going to be a factor this year. They tried to get him some more help. It it just didn't work out. So I'm kind of concerned that when they play other teams, the t- the other teams are going to try and take away Brandon Cooks and they're going to try and take away the running game. 
and say, you know, beat us with Nico Collins or beat us with Brevin Jordan. That's the other thing. We can get to that on the other side. The tight ends look pretty awful, man. There's not a whole lot around Davis Mills outside of Brandon Cooks, and we'll see what happens with Nico. On the other side, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into fantasy from every perspective, from every team. I'm going to give Josh a nugget, some kind of stat, and we're going to drive from there. We're going to see if we can find you some fantasy goodness within. To Texas Trojan's point, he said, what's the worst thing that can happen is if Mills got hurt. I hope your tongue turns into barbacoa, boy. Don't you talk like that. It's Monday Line on ESPN 97.5. Listening to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame you, Don. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. You know what it is. It's Sunday morning. It's Moneyline, and we bring you the best hits, the best rejoins, and we put our name on that. Turn that up, my man. Let the people hear it a little bit. Rest in peace, Matt Pat in Houston. This is Moneyline. I am Jerry Bow at Jerry Bow Sports. And from a far away, my man at Josh Jordan975 is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. We're just getting you ready, getting this thing going and flowing so we can get you in the right spots of your fantasy drafts. Because I know, like I said, you either had him or you either had him this last previous week or you're about to have him in the next week. You might have him today, whatever the case is. We're here to help. This is a safe place. If you made a bad pick and maybe you started drinking a little bit too much, maybe you hit the tequila shots before your draft and you made a few mistakes, this here is a safe place. 713-780-3776. Get it off your chest. I'm about to get it off my chest because I got Josh Jordan in the house and I can just throw anything off of him NFL-wise. So let's go ahead and let's get this thing going. I'm going to go around the league, just different stats. And we're going to see how it correlates with our thoughts. Let's start with the Indianapolis Colts. And I got them, like I told you, in every which form and fashion. The, 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 let's talk about division. Let's go uh, Super Bowl. Every which way. Uh, season wins over. Anything. But when we talk fantasy, we talk about regression to the mean and what makes sense. Last year, Jonathan Taylor had 85 red zone rushing attempts, 26 of those attempts inside the five-yard line. Just to give you a unit of measure, 60 red zone attempts is usually the average. Do we see a huge step back from Taylor? And is that guy that's thinking, hmm, what if Christian McCaffrey doesn't get hurt? What if I take a chance? Is there anything to that? And do we see a huge step back this season, Josh? I love Jonathan Taylor, but I will say this. And McCaffrey's healthy. He's got more upside. You know, we, we've seen that. And we also know that last year, even though Taylor finished as the top running back, as far as top running backs go in fantasy, it wasn't a super high score for a top running back because, you know, he's still giving up work in the passing game to Naeem Hines. So that's something to keep in mind. He's probably a little safer than McCaffrey, but if you're just going going for it all, McCaffrey's got more upside. But, you know, every time he gets tackled 
or limps off the field, you got to wonder, uh-oh, you know, is my season coming to an end? I mean, I'm still I'm still in on McCaffrey because, especially if you're in a PPR league, remember what he did last year. Obviously, he got hurt. But he had two running back one weeks, including one where he was the RB1, where he didn't even score a touchdown. You're getting two players in one, a guy that can catch 100 passes a year, plus a guy that's the workhorse in the run, in, in the run game. So, yeah, he's if he's healthy, that's the biggest asterisk probably in all of fantasy football, is Christian McCaffrey healthy. But if he is, and you're in a PPR league, he will outscore Jonathan Taylor. 100%. And that's that's what you got to – this is a gambling show. Do you want to gamble on him being healthy this year? He does have the highest upside. But you also have a chance that he's going to miss half the season. Or And the thing with McCaffrey, a lot of times, like, oh, he'll looks like he'll just be out for a week or two. And then a month goes by, and they're still not giving you serious updates with him. So – Jerry, I, I'm a little more on Taylor, but I completely get the, the McCaffrey love. But, it, you know, he had a lot of work in college. These last two years, he's been hurt the last two years, not just the last one year. And what I'm noticing now is that these running backs, they're falling off a cliff a lot sooner than they used to be. That's why I like a guy like Najee Harris who's getting all that work. He's 22, 23, 24 years old. That's when McCaffrey could handle this workload when he was 22, 23. Now that he's 25, 26, he's not handling it so well. That's a big question that's coming up right now. Guy wants We always say trying to get too cute, right? Too cute in your drafts. I mean, don't get too cute. Well, is it getting too cute if you go ahead and pass up Taylor? With the one and saying, man, I'm looking for that upside. Do you need that huge upside with that number one pick? Or is it a point that you can lose your season if you do lose? I mean, yeah, you've had that season where you lost your top draft pick and you still won somehow miraculously. Yeah, I know that. But I'm saying the last thing you want to do is just take too much of a risk. A one that could pretty much kill you off. If you lose someone like McCaffrey, you're chasing at that point. You're hoping to make be the, the, the waiver wire winner of the year. That's what you're hoping at that point. Hope. We talked about hope with the Texans. I told you about Damian Pierce only had nine games in his collegiate career where he had more than 10 uh, rushes. Damian Pierce also lined up in the slot 23.7% of the time. That's almost a quarter of the snaps he was lined up at the slot. Do you think that? That's another way that you can get him the ball instead of just rushes up the middle where he's just getting binged on. Line him up in the slot. Let's get him to the flat and let's let him get out in the open. Do you think we see that often this year, or am I setting the bar too high right now, Josh? I think that's got to be the goal eventually, you know. And you know, it's Nick Casario who drafted this guy. They like they like guys that are versatile, so they know he can catch passes. I think they're going to not want to put too much on him early. So I think they're going to kind of ease him into this thing, let Rex Burkhead handle some of the passing down work, and as Pierce proves that he can handle more, I think they're going to give it to him. I, I think he'll be great out of the backfield, and, and I think they're going to need him, Jerry, because you know they don't have any tight ends that really threaten anybody. And you know I went like a deep dive, right? You'll like this, Jerry. I went back and I looked at the Andrew Luck Colts, the three years that Pep Hamilton was their offensive coordinator. Nice. And I found some very interesting things. I found the first three years that T.Y. Hilton had 1,000-yard seasons were the three years that he was with Pep Hamilton. He was a rookie, and then Pep came in, and then his second, third, and fourth year ripped off 1,000-yard seasons. 
Those were also the same years that Reggie Wayne was on his last legs and didn't get to 1,000 receiving yards in either of those seasons, which I think could maybe kind of compare to Nico Collins. Could Nico Collins be a Reggie Wayne on his last legs? Yeah, I think he could. But the problem is, is they had Kobe Fleener, and they had a lot of all these other tight ends, and Andrew Luck was taken off and running the ball when he got into trouble. That's where I'm worried is that I think T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks, like those can kind of – be the same dude for you, right? Kind of a smaller, really fast receiver. I think Brandon Cooks can have that T.Y. role. I think that the Reggie Wayne role can be by Nico, but I don't think they have enough at tight end to to do the Kobe Fleener thing. So I think they're going to need to throw the ball to their running backs more. That's my point of this. And I don't think that Mills is going to be able to escape like Andrew Luck. He's just not as fast as him, plain and simple. I know they're both Stanford guys, but Luck was more talented. So I think they're going to have to throw to the running backs. So I think at some point this year, we could see Damian Pierce get really involved in the passing game. You should put on a bow tie when you said that right there, my man. You only get that here on Moneyline. What do you do on your spare time? You're out there drinking beer, hanging with the boys. You're out there collecting Pokemon cards. My man's going back and watching Pep Hamilton, Andrew Luck era. My goodness. My, a round of applause if he's ever expected. <laughs> like the round of applause that we got to give one Tua. Because on the first play of the game, he threw a 60-yard-plus ball down the field to Tyreek Hill. Now, after the postgame, you hear Tua come out and said, man, if I would have thrown that a little bit better, that was probably a touchdown. I could have done a little bit better. And that's where I'm going to start the Miami Dolphins. Another stat, again, if you're just tuning in, 713-780-3776. We're going around the league. We're just shooting shots. I'm just throwing whatever out there, and we're trying to make sense of What's going to happen with these teams? Jalen Waddle finished last season seventh in round run, win rate, sixth in, in, in against man coverage, sixth best wide receiver against man coverage. Tyreek Hill, on the other end, you know that he likes that flyer. That's what that first play was. They they you know they schemed it up before the game. Like, hey, just go deep on this first one. I'm going to hit you. Now, my question is. Where does Tua end up as far as a quarterback in the fantasy world? Is he a fantasy quarterback one in the 12-man league? To me, no. To me, he's a super flex quarterback only. Okay, and I ask that because you know how people like to get cute at the draft. So then you're going to have Tyreek Hill guy being like, man, I'll wait. I'll wait on quarterback because I'm going to get Tua. I don't care. I'm going to line up Tua out there. You know that guy's out there right now waiting to do the double connect. I don't think that Tua is even draftable in my, in my opinion, and I'm glad that you guys uh, agree with that. Now, where do you what do you do with Tyreek Hill and PPR leagues? I mean, it just depends on how much of fall off you think he's going to have changing quarterback. I brought this up earlier in the show with Devontae Adams. We've seen his value diminish significantly, leaving Aaron Rodgers and going to Derek Carr. I'll tell you this: I feel a hell of a lot better about you know Derek Carr throwing my guy the ball than Tua. So, you know, but Tyree Kill, he's going anywhere between the second and third round. It just Yeah, I'm de- seeing you know, late second ADP. Yeah, it just depends on, you know, where you're drafting, which spot, how high you are on him, and, and how much you like the other receivers. But you made the point, Jared. We saw that deep ball that he threw. What did, <laughs> what did he have to do? He had to dive on the ground and catch it instead of <laughs> running for a touchdown. Like, we're already seeing what the deep ball is going to look like here, and, and it's not great. I think looking at ADP, I'm seeing I'm seeing Waddle in the fifth round compared to second for Tyree Kill. Yep. If I'm in a PPR league, I mean Waddle as a rookie caught 100 passes last year, over 100 passes, and I think him in the short game really complements Tua's ability more than Tyree going deep. So if I'm in a PPR league, I'm taking the value with Waddle on the fifth, going running back early, and just 
completely bypassing Tyreek Hill. Waddle, Waddle finished as the 13th overall scoring wide receiver in PPR leagues, 15.4 points per game. Does having Tyreek Hill help him get into the top 12, top 10, let's say top 10 guys? Do you guys think that? Josh, do you think that he gets in the top 10, or does this set him back because Tyreek Hill's got to get his? Yeah, I, I don't have him in my top 10. I, I don't hate him, but I'm just i I'm not a big Tua guy, so I'm going to take the under on everything Tua, which just happens to include Waddle because they're in the same offense. I like him as a wide receiver too, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't put him in the top 10. Okay, you talked about Devontae Adams filling the whole Christian Watson, or they're hoping for. Where do you have Christian Watson ranked as to these other rookie wide receivers? Do you think he has a better path to, uh, I guess, I'm not even going to say expectations because I don't know what the expectations are over there, but do you think that he's going to be able to fill not the holes of the, uh, not the shoes of Devontae Adams, but do you think he's going to be worth drafting? I mean, maybe as a late-round flyer, but it's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to play on a lot of his veteran guys as much as it makes me want to throw up in my mouth. I think we're going to see some Randall Cobb this year. I think you're going to see Alan yeah. Lazard as the number one. Yes, Lazard, I think, will be the one. And remember, Sammy Broken Down Watkins is there, too. I mean, I, I can't trust Sammy Watkins. I get it, but my whole point is there's a whole lot of just meh. If you, if you listen to what Aaron Rodgers says, the guy he trusts, and I think we've seen with Rodgers in the, in the past, he will freeze guys out if he doesn't trust them. The guy he trusts is Lazard. So if, if I'm going to take a Packers receiver, it's going to be Lazard. And he's arguably the least athletic out of all those guys. You know, that's yeah. kind of the, the problem is that, yeah, he trusts. It's like when he had James Jones, right? I, you remember James Jones had like 12 touchdowns or whatever that year, but he, I don't even know if he got to 1,000 yards. Maybe we see that was Lazard this year. Maybe not a ton of yards, but a lot of touchdowns because Rodgers trusts him in the red zone. James Jones, out of those 12 touchdowns, he probably had eight with a hoodie on. <laughs> I'm taking you back in time. It's James Jones hoodie time. It's hour two coming up next. Moneyline ESPN 97.5.